0: Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to an, another exciting discussion, another Minecraft discussion on all things well-being. My name is Dr. Kimberly Quinn, and I am here today to help you, uh, obviously, become the boss of your brain, uh, because it all comes down to thoughts. Thoughts dictate our very existence because they come first. Thoughts come first, feelings come second, and then action or behavior third, and Today's conversation is super important and actually one of my favorite things to discuss and also to stay on top of in my own personal life, which is the ego, slay slaying the ego. Um, and so today's t- topic is about the evil twin because the ego is the evil twin to the authentic self. And we've, you know, in addition to um, practicing thought control, which it goes together is learning to see to see, become aware of and then to actually know our own value and for so many of us myself included that's a that's a real journey especially if you had a childhood that was he was also saying it's perfect obviously um, though if you didn't if you didn't have like a good enough situation so that Donald Winnicott back in the 50s coined something called the good enough mother so it was the 50s the good enough mother and now we'd say the good enough parent. And if you didn't have a situation of good enough, right? Because Donald Winnicott said if you had the good enough parent, um, the child usually ends up pretty okay. Doesn't mean perfect, but you know they're uh, attending to your every need the high majority of the time, right? So if you did not have that, and you and you did not get you know the love you needed, and uh, if there's any neglect and and even more extreme situation, I say uh, from not getting enough enough love is neglect and abuse, anything like that, then there tends to be, um, you know, some injury there that regards, you know, um, us not having our own authentic self and value mirrored for us. And that's how we learn who we are, right? So if that wasn't mirrored for us, then it's sort of a, it's a journey to kind of Get back that feeling of original worthiness that was, that was lost somewhere along the line, you know. And when uh, the uh, the authentic self is kind of, you know, stifled, snuffled, pushed into the back seat, or for some of us, even the trunk, metaphorically speaking, right? The ego is more than happy to step up, um, it, it, you know, and to get the, and to seek out and look for all those, all the feel good kind of emotions that we need as human beings, only it's in a way that's, that's not authentic. And so, you know, these, these needs for external approval and, and, and all the, and kudos. And certainly, and this obviously leads to all behaviors codependent. So, you know, rescuing and people pleasing, those are behaviors that are driven by high octane ego High-octane ego and very, very codependent, actually, is what those behaviors are. And so, you know, the, because the ego feeds on this more temporary fix of the external kudos and all of that, um, you know, to get this sort of immediate feel-good fix versus the long-term authentic value, which is what we're, we're striving for it becomes very easy to get wrapped up in that and defeat it because we naturally want, you know, to feel good. So that sort of can drive us to turn into human doings rather than human beings, for sure, because we're, you know, we're chasing down, you know, being that person baking brownies for every single PTO meeting. And, and, and not we're not saying don't be a good person, be a good person. It comes down to uh mindless giving versus mindful giving mindful giving, which we've talked about. One is draining and one is life giving. And typically the people pleasing and rescuing not only leads to exhaustion, maybe chronic fatigue, but often resentment because people don't appreciate doormats. They just they, they don't. You know, you put out a doormat energy. People don't respect doormats and doormats don't respect themselves. And that's all ego driven. So they keep looking to, they're looking to fill this soul hole, like a soul H O L E hole. And we're trying to fill it with stuff that isn't going to last long. There's an immediate fix, kind of like when we drink. We drink because it feels good, obviously. And yet, whatever it is we're trying to mask with that, if, if that's the reason it, you, you know, you wake up the next day with a hangover and the same problem. We also try to f- fill these soul holes with, you know, shopping, sex, whatever, and the relationship junkies out there, the codependents. And, and I'm, I'm saying that just to, to, not to, not to poke fun, but to normalize because codependent behavior is so common and it's because injury is common. And then the ego slides over into, into the driver's seat. The authentic self is in the passenger side, backseat or trunk and then this doesn't go anywhere good. It just escalates like a snowball running downhill because the ego is, is fed with all these quick fixes. Again, the external approval seeking, you know, drinking, other drugs, sex, whatever, whatever, whatever. And the ego is also um, very responsive and or oh, not responsive, reactive, very, very reactive to, to fear and also um, intimidation. And so I want to give a shout out to Sarah Von Brednik, first author author of Simple Abundance. I didn't, and I, because I just read a little blurb in here, though I've been on top of this ego stuff for a a long time and in, in, you know, sort of the effort to, for for years and years and years and years, because I, I sort of realized early on, you know, the whole seeking out value thing, you know, my backstory with my parents and growing up in a very turbulent addiction ridden and shame ridden household, I kind of got on this path early, I think when I wasn't even realizing I was honestly. And so I became aware of seeking out external approval very early on. And as you know, Dr. Dave was really good with helping me, you know, figure out why was I why was I into being a human doing versus a human being. Uh, but uh, Sarah's book, this A Simple Abundance is a book. I think I had it in my thirties. I remember the kids were for little, um, And it wow, it's a daily like a, it's not really meditation, it's just daily lifts. I don't know, it's really, really good. And so, uh, I want to give her a shout out because she has a little blurb in here. And she says, The enemy within it, she starts out by quoting Pogo, who was Walt Kelly, We have met the enemy, and he is us. So, any of the self sabotagers out there, you're gonna hopefully get something out of this too. And she says, uh, Sarah says, It's hard to accept that you can be your own worst enemy. In fact, this realization is so painful that we go to great lengths to prove prove otherwise. It's always fate, circumstances, or lousy luck that messes up our best laid plans. This, of course, is somebody who's not aware yet that um, their ego's in the driver's seat. And then she says, When all you encounter is disappointment after disappointment, oh King, we'll be quiet. That's our goal. He's making a lot of racket. Uh, Sorry, let's start over. When all you encounter is disappointment after disappointment as you pursue your dreams, it's natural to start feeling sorry for yourself. But if you constantly think the chips are stacked against you or that the cards are marked, pray today for the courage to check out the dealer at your game of chance. That's awesome. Does she seem a bit familiar? She should because she's your own, your own, sorry, your authentic self's evil twin, the ego. Well said, Sarah. They are polar opposites. And we're not talking about the old Freudian concept of ego from his personality theory. That's also very, a little, well, a little bit outdated, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the contemporary ego, which is looking for this quick fix. And the thing is, it's kind of like when we're trying to, when the ego is being filled, it feels like a dope fix. Like it's such a rush. Like we just feel this immediate, like when we get approval externally and we go chasing it down, it's like dope fix, right? And then it doesn't last long, you know, so it's kind of like trying to feed flowers or water flowers with a watering can that's got a hole in the bottom. It's never going to be enough for the ego, never. And really what we need to do is, first of all, recognize it because we can't do what we don't know, right? We've been talking about that. We cannot do what we don't know. And once we bring this into awareness, we have the responsibility. That's a quote he's often for Dr. have The responsibility to do something about it and also just it, it feels better why because once we get it and we, we sort of begin the, the journey onto the authentic path there is no better feeling in the world than when when our authentic self returns to the driver's seat and it's powerful it's so powerful you just feel like you have the world by the ass I don't know how to say it it's, it's just such a great feeling or like if you survivor watchers my husband's a big survivor not you feel like you're wearing the immunity idol around your neck or something. Doesn't mean people can't annoy you and this and that, but you don't feel like any of it can take you down. You just have this authentic confidence in this self-love. and this self love, and again, it doesn't mean that you know life's still going to throw you curveballs, but you just have this inherent sense of of, of overwhelming, um, you know, unconditional love for yourself that you you just know it'll be okay. And also, Eckhart Tolle is another one I like. And there, uh, John Cabot's in a little what's more mindfulness based But Eckhart Tolle says a lot about the ego, and it's really kind of one of our main missions in life is to figure out this duality going on within us. That and what we really need to feed is our authentic self. And, and she, she waits, for, or he or they wait for this invitation to kind of return to the driver's seat. So, and Sarah continues to go on. She says, the ego has everything to lose once your authentic self grows strong enough to act consciously on your behalf, guiding your creative choices, decisions, ambitions, and actions for your highest good. What was standard operating procedure before denial, sublimation, repression is recognized what it is subtle self abuse. When you become authentic you become greater than you ever thought you could be, and this greatness allows you to heal yourself, your family, and your world. Your authentic self is your ego's worst nightmare. An ego will do everything in its power to eliminate her rival's influence from your daily round. The way the ego goes about this is to bring out the heavy guns, fear and intimidation. We talked about this, right? So the self-sabotagers out there, this is largely what's going on, right? So there's, there's injury, there's the ego, which is, which is falsity. It's not your real self. It's a, it's a, it's a false self, which is often kind of put together like Legos from different people in our lives and different expectations. And it's, it's not, it's not real. And when we allow ourselves to get sucked into that intimidation, Fear dialogue. Oh, you can't do this. Oh, you took on too much. All that is coming from ego place, because the authentic self just kind of knows knows what's best for you. Knows authentic limits. Because we're not saying you're not that you're unlimited. We're all limited, but your authentic self knows the difference. Your authentic self is able to set compassionate boundaries. It's just a different deal. So uh, Sarah continues to say that fear has derailed more dreams than we can ever know. Physical distress, a racing heart, pounding head, nervous stomach is the first assault when we edge the perimeter of our comfort zone. It's a natural primordial instinct, a remnant of the fight or flight syndrome. But although it may feel excruciating, Making a telephone call, speaking up during a business meeting, or dropping off your portfolio with a prospective employer is not the same as fighting off the charge of a woolly mammoth. We don't have to run scared. We do have to learn to recognize the physical manifestations of fear and acknowledge them. The next time you're physically sick at the thought of leaving your comfort zone, calmly reassure your conscious self that the feeling of fear is passing through you and will dissipate as long as you keep on moving forward. Many actresses are so scared that they feel nauseous before walking on stage. But they've learned how to transform fear into the creative energy, energy of forward motion. They burst through to the other side of stage fright to applause. I love that. And, of course, that's kind of the definition of courage. At least, it's, I should say at least it's my definition of courage anyway. Because courage isn't about the absence of fear, right? Fear doesn't go away. Courage is a choice. To you know, kind of acknowledge the fear and walk through it, and courage can be a whole lot easier to muster up when the authentic self is in the driver's seat because it's authentic confidence that that knows one way or the other it will be okay. You know, may it be ideal, maybe will it be okay in the way we want it to be okay? Not necessarily, but and and will it be okay in the end? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely well, and the authentic self just innately knows this. And then, uh, Sarah continues uh, in- intimidation works differently from naked fear. She's a shape changer capable of adopting different guises to control you. The moment you step bravely out from, a, from the bounds of your comfort zone, she's likely to rise up inside you like a lion tamer, complete with whip and chair. Get back, she'll scream. Who do you think you are? You make a fool of yourself. You're risking your marriage and neglecting your children. Get back to your cage immediately. And this is this is so uh, great how she how Sarah put this because this is obviously sort of sums up the imposter syndrome, which is also ego-driven. It, you know, high octane ego-driven because it's it's um, just that that questioning, the self-doubt that's all ego stuff and and then and Sarah goes on to continue she says when these scare tactics are no longer effective intimidation often takes another shape as the voice of reason look I don't want to alarm you but you know you've taken on quite a lot I wouldn't if I were you and to be you know truthful which is what I'm, I'm definitely about the truth right I'm, not, I'm just not wired for lies I don't mind sharing with you that the taking on a lot is something I have dealt with and continue to deal with now, as today, uh, because I kind of operate best at a at, at a fast, at warp speed. Um, as you know, I'm in the fast mind club, so I, I like fast, and I really have one speed, which is fast. And that said, I've had to work at, you know, sort of a, a dynamic going on that's not related to my fast mind, which is my growing up, right, and, and, and not knowing my own value for a very long time and feeling that I needed to do things for people to feel like a good person because I felt that way for a really long time. And I wasn't even getting it. You know, you just sign up for stuff. You sign up, sign up for too much. You stay up later than you want to or need to, because you're listening to somebody who maybe somebody who's not your best friend, somebody I'm like, you know, if, if it were an onion with, with layers, that they're like seven layers out and it's, it's just not the same. And I've really had, you know, uh, as far as using my own life minutes wisely, Spending them as if they were cash in that way took me a, a while, a long time. Because, And that also, when somebody does not know their value, it makes it very easy to be taken advantage of, especially by those uh, with narcissistic behavior out there, because they kind of smell out the impasse and they smell out those who are willing to go the extra mile for anyone, you know, That because the person who doesn't know their value is not as able to establish compassionate boundaries just yet. They're on their way, but they're not there yet. And so that was, um, it was a while until I really, you know, kind of figured that out for myself. And I think I mentioned that uh, with Brene Brown, who I love, also a good friend, even though she doesn't know. Of course, you know, Oprah is my number one, but I also love Brene too. And when in her research with uh, compassionate people, which, you know, big, nice sample size, she found that the most compassionate human beings out there we really great boundary setters. And so we're talking about, you're talking about knowing your own authentic value versus the ego, right? Those who know their own value are obviously better able to, to acknowledge and respect the value of others. So they tend to be really good boundary setters. It makes great sense. And it really is important to realize that um, the ego is false for number one. Love to be fed with quick fixes. Again, responsive to fear and intimidation. Very, very um, wanting to, re- seeking out all things external. The approval, the kudos, the acknowledgement, the appreciation. People say, oh, I'm not feeling appreciated. you should got to say your feelings. We're not saying that. It's also really good to look at that because maybe you're not being appreciated. So we're not saying that isn't true. But may, why is it that you're Trying so hard to be appreciated. Yeah, you know, that kinda of is what we're looking at. You're doing this behavior, that behavior, that behavior, cooking 4,000 brownies for the PTO and no one acknowledges you're driving, you know, 50 kids to the baseball game because their parents couldn't do it, and they just know you would because you put it out there. So again, we're not saying don't be a good person. We're saying looking at the pattern of behavior. It's important to be a good person. It's not healthy to be a doormat. There's a huge difference. One is life giving, one is life taking and draining and and the latter there is super high octane ego driving that bus for sure. And then, Sarah continues, she, she says, The worst thing about intimidation is that she shows all our buttons and just, I'm sorry, she knows all of our buttons and just when to push them. But if she doesn't succeed with scare tactics, she'll kill, you, she'll kill your dreams with kindness. She's your best friend. She'll enable you to dig your own creative grave by handing you a shovel. She's the only one who knows how tired you really are. So she'll encourage you to, to take a nap instead of writing prospective letters. She understands that you just don't have much time for relaxation. So what's the harm of catching a soap opera in the early afternoon instead of working on your resume before the kids get home from school? Relax, she tells you. You've got plenty of time. If it doesn't get taken care of today, there's always tomorrow. Uh, and Sarah continues, if none of the above works because you're now older, wiser, and more experienced... She'll begin a whispering campaign, sounding very similar to your intuitive voice. How will you know the difference? If the suggestion you hear doesn't bring you a sense of peace, oh hear that, please. If it is not, it is it is not the voice of your authentic self. Let me just say that one again. If the suggestion you hear doesn't bring you a sense of peace, it is not the voice of your authentic self. It's the ego in one of her many disguises. Tell her to shut up then turn on some beautiful music that uplifts, inspires, and drowns her out. I cannot say enough about this. And just like we've said with other things, right, what we practice, we inevitably get good at, whether it's the violin, skiing, learning Swahili, whatever. And if somebody's currently lost in ego land, and it's easy to do because the ego is seductive. The ego is very, very seductive. And once we start feeding it, it kind of can take on a life of its own. And so if you're just kind of hearing a whisper of that, this, that's really good because it means your authentic self may be buried in the back seat of the trunk, but she, here, they are always there. They're just waiting to be invi- invited back in, um, to the front seat in the driver's seat. And also just like anything else we talked about with practicing and getting good at things. Once you kind of Get into it. Let's say it's playing the guitar, or soccer, or running, or whatever. I, I use running because I'm a runner, and once you break through the wall, they say you know it just gets easier to maintain, and that's true, and that's true with anything else we we practice, and it's not different with becoming an ego slayer because it gets easier to maintain. And I tell you, for me, at a fabulous fifty-six, um, through all these years of working really hard to 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 slay that ego and keep it far, you know, far out of the way from my authentic self, once you get, you know, sort of on the, on track with that, it's, it's, you become hyper aware of when it's trying its best. And I actually, sometimes I'll even, I just talk to it. Like I'll say, be gone ego in my head or because I don't want any part of that in my life anymore. Um, And I'm just not, you know, I'm not willing to entertain the ego. And so I, but it tries, it tries constantly. And every once in a while it will slip under my radar, but not very often. Um, because I don't like how it feels, and when when I've caved caved into it, it doesn't go well. And I'm kind of kicking myself to the curb because it's that temporary thing. So when you get used, to, when you get kind of get get on the track with this, it gets it, you just become so you're able to see it with clarity and stifle it that much faster as you practice and 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 you know practice your ego slaying as you advance along the authentic path, the journey to authenticity. And then uh, Sarah continues, today, just begin observing your behavior pattern. She says, every woman, obviously person, even the megastars whose lives seem so glamorous, experiences ambivalence about success. One significant quality Found in those we admire is that they identify their personal patterns of self-sabotage and learn to let their own best friend, their authentic self, outsmart the enemy within. And so can you. And thank you to Sarah Bond-Brednik. So as all of you advance along your path of authenticity, make sure to sharpen your sword and slay that ego with every chance you get. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off. For Northern Vermont, have a mindful day.